Hi, Fizzy Fam. Welcome to Let's Get Fizzy Poll. I'm your host, Christy Sellers, and I'm so excited this week because on Saturday night we have our gala. Yay! Get dressed up, wear some heels. We've got silent auctions, we got food, we got food. Did I mention the food? Things have actually been really busy the last couple of weeks um, around Fizzypol. We've had quite a few comps or Fizzypolers competing in comps. So I wanted to update you so that you are in the know on what has been happening. So as you know, this weekend we've got our gala celebrating Fizzypol turning 10 years old. And we have these amazing special edition books, which are like a coffee table book. They're a hardcover and they just go through the entire sort of history or highlights, I should say, of our yeah beginnings. It's even got a picture of the very first fizzy pole, which I had to dig up and it was really bad quality because I obviously took it on my phone at the time, which would have been not even, it was before iPhones <laughs> were out, so some kind of Nokia. Um, yeah, but that is in there. We've got some stories from students. It's an amazing book put together. It's a hundred pages, so it's massive and you can buy them and actually pre-order them already online through the website. So if you would like to grab yourself a copy, they are strictly limited editions and they are a five or $90, I believe. I have to check that. Um, but yes, grab yourself one of those because, oh my God, they it's just, <laughs> you've got some, you know, baby pictures of your studio owners and yeah. The other thing is if you have not already been on top of this and, um, getting the emails or checking it on the social medias. We've got Tuesday tips with our instructors. So if you haven't gotten onto that yet, these are free tips that come out every Tuesday. This week's tip is with Lauren Jabra-McMiller and she is here at the Ballarat studio actually. Um, she's absolutely incredible and they're really, really short but just handy hints to help with, you know, some tricks that you might be working on or strength training or anything to do with anything at Fizzypole. So yeah, handy hints that are for free and you can look them up. They're all on the Facebook page. The other thing that we had, or one of the other things, was Hardcore, which is a pole comp that was run in New South Wales. And we had a few of our girls actually go up and compete at that one, uh, which was really, really exciting. We had Danielle Leach place second in the semi-pro division and Bethany Tyler she took out the championship title for the amateur division, which let me just say amateur is not really amateur. <laughs> um, but yeah, well done girls. And that is an excellent result. They are both from the Werribee studio. Then we had La Foley, the aerial silks competition, which was, um, that was last weekend on the 25th of May. And we had, uh, again, we had quite a few girls compete in that one. We've got, I'm just looking at the pictures now, everyone with their sashes. We've got advanced champion Celeste from Trelgan, obviously. Intermediate runner-up, Rachel Peter. 
from Tarelgan as well. Junior champion Amali, she's from Warrnambool, and junior runner-up Matilda, who, if you were listening to the podcast earlier, a couple of months ago, we actually did an interview with Till about her win at the Arnold's. So well done, girls. Everyone did absolutely fantastic there. And if you want to see the pictures, they're also on the Facebook page. Uh, Then just this weekend gone, we had the Aerials Comp run at the Rockhampton studio. And oh my God, if you did not see the pictures of how that place was decorated. I mean, Robin, stop setting the bar so high. (laughs) She, her studio is sort of connected as part of um, a building that this company owns that they specialise in lighting and events and they're absolutely amazing. But they basically just come in and revamp her whole studio every time she even has a showcase. So the place looked bloody amazing. You can have a look. uh, I think it's on the Rocky page. And, um, yeah, we had students from all of our Queensland studios, I believe, go up and compete at that one. And it was our biggest ever. I think there were 26 competitors, Robin said. So well done to everybody who um, competed in that one. I'm looking forward to that comp getting bigger and better every single year. Although, Robin, you're going to have to keep trying to outdo yourself because (laughs) it's looking so damn good. Um, And the other thing that we released last week was the loyalty program. Now, if you guys didn't see it, this is basically a program that rewards our loyal students, yourselves, and it is based on how many courses you've completed. So not necessarily how long you've been doing pole, because we figured, you know, someone could start and be doing pole for two years and, and sort of come in once a week or someone could also be doing multiple classes a week and we wanted to reward that dedication. So um, yeah, you get special rewards every time you reach a milestone and we are going to, all of these um, people who have qualified already are actually in the 10-year gala book that I was talking about before and we've got a couple of lifetime members which means that they've done over 100 courses so keep an eye out for that and um and yeah you can read all about the loyalty program on the website you can go physiopolstudios.com forward slash loyalty program so check that out and have a look at what kind of rewards you will be getting because just another way that we can say thank you guys for being so amazing and part of our fizzy fam because we love you So that is our latest news for you and um, I wanted to quickly run through it because I thought, oh my gosh, there's so much going on and I need to um, keep all of our podcasters in the know and up to date on everything. So I hope I'm going to see you guys on Saturday because I'm so excited to get dressed up. Anyway, this week's episode is called Ask Me Anything. So I thought I quite often get questions, um, you know, whether they be through comments or through direct messages, just about, well, how do you do everything or, or about fizzy poll specifically or about starting business and all of that sort of stuff. So I thought, well, I'll dedicate an episode to answering questions. So I hope you find this interesting. They're all a little bit different and I'll go through them as everyone has asked. So if you're not part of our Fizzy Polar's worldwide Facebook group, make sure you join that because I I always um, pop things in there in regards to the podcast. So if you would like to be involved, make sure you search for that group, Fizzy Polar's Worldwide, and you can join it and be part of 
our community there. So our first question is from Hannah Lind and she says, what made you start pole dancing and tell us your earliest ideas of beginning fizzy pole? So you may have listened to the episode um, that I let (laughs) crop tops and top knots hijack our our, um, podcast and I released a double episode that week because they actually interviewed me on how I began fizzy pole and it it covered so many questions in regards to that that I decided to um, ask the girls if I could pop it on this podcast. So that episode is also there. It's called The Christy Sellers. So if you really want to hear um, all of the ins and outs on my background and all of that, you can have a look for that episode and have a listen. It is a long one, I warn you, but it's good stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, basically... I started pole because I got back from the States where I was dancing. I had studied pretty much all styles of dance and I didn't have any aerial skill on my resume. So I thought, oh, I'll try this new thing, pole dancing. And I tried it and I absolutely fell in love with it. But it was more just that I started it to have an extra skill up my sleeve. Like I always just sort of did that at the same time. I think I was doing fire twirling. Like I always just tried to expand my knowledge base. So that is why I started. And, um, the idea of starting fizzy pole was just that I, I was teaching dance sort of all around the place at the time and driving back from Warrnambool one day, the idea popped into my head that there were there were, or the thought popped into my head that there were no studios in Warrnambool. And I thought, well, I would love to bring it to my hometown. So that's where I started. And then it just um, grew and grew and grew. And actually in the 10 year book, I did a little bit of a write up about those beginning stages and um, tried to cover a few things that you may not have heard if you have been listening to the podcast and whatnot. So yeah. Next question is from Deborah Empson. She says, where do you get your motivation from? Hmm, this is a good one. So I heard this quote recently and it says, when motivation won't get it done, determination will. So quite often I have days where I don't feel motivated. I definitely don't feel like going into train, especially when it's cold or I don't really feel like doing a whole heap of book work or everyone has those days but when you have an idea in your head about what you're trying to achieve and you set that goal for yourself you have to be 100% committed to it and that means that it doesn't really matter how you feel like my feelings about if I want to train or not are irrelevant to me my my goal is more important than my feelings about the things that I have to do to reach my goal. So you just have to be really clear on if you want your goal or not. So yeah, set that and then you will like be prepared for those feelings to come up. Oh, I don't feel like doing that today or I don't really want to train strength, you know. <laughs> instead of trying all the new cool tricks on Instagram. It would be so tempting to do that. And I would, yeah, that would be, (laughs) I was saying that the other day when I was training, I was like, I just want to do new tricks off Instagram. But, you know, at the moment, the purpose is to work on my strength and to, um, and to improve in that area because it, then it flows through to 
when you try new tricks, everything's easier. And I know that this isn't just related to training, but business as well, same thing, you know, set the goals and sort of ignore your feelings about if you do or don't want to do stuff. You be dedicated rather than motivated. Um, next question is from Joanne uh, Kittle Chapman. I think I am the last of the original fizzy pole girls from Warrnambool, still with fizzy pole. Um, yes, actually, you might be Joe. Joe was one of my originals, so she came to the studio. Actually, Joe, have a look in the ten year book because you're going to recognise some of those early pictures, and I'm I'm sure you'll be reminiscing. But I think you are one of the very very originals from ten years ago at the pop up Warrnambool studio. So good job, girlfriend. All right, next question is from Annalise Maloney. Or Malone, sorry, I'm not sure if I've said that right. Who is my pole idol and what is it about them that inspires me? E.g. hers is Celeste. She inspires me. She inspires her with the, her dedication to better herself in all apparatus as well as being a symbol of encouragement for others. True sportsmanship. 100% agree with you, Annalise. Celeste is, she's my idol in so many areas. <laughs> um, what a woman. She's she's a businesswoman. She's a competitor. She's a teacher. She's just an, a beautiful person. So, yeah, who's my pole idol? I, I don't have a whole heap, but I really do admire Sergia Louise Anderson. She's over in the States. I really connect with her and I've had the opportunity to collaborate with her on a few different things. And I just love the way she hears the music as well. Like it's very similar to how I do. And I think she's always trying to push the boundaries. I, even on the most recent project of mine, she's very heavily pregnant at the moment. Actually, she's probably giving birth today, (laughs) but I, I video called her and I got to hop on there with, with her a couple of times and just run through, um, you know, specifics about my routine. So I said, okay, so this is what's happening here. And I just want my body language to reflect like my excitement or, and then we would work on one move that made the storyline clearer. Like you, to make your storyline really clear, you have to become very efficient with your movements. And Sergia is very, very good at that. So I definitely look up to her and admire her for that. So yeah. Um, Next question is from Helen. McMurrick. Uh, how do you keep motivated to keep at pole? Do I ever get moments slash phases when I lose my passion for pole? If so, how do you push through it? So I kind of covered this one before, I think. But yeah, I absolutely do have moments where I lose my motivation for it. But luckily with pole, there's so many different areas. So if I lose my motivation to dance, I'll, you know, for a few weeks, just jump into looking at it as my my fitness regime and I'll just go in and you know do cardio and work on strength on the pole it's it's not as much thinking I suppose and then other times when I'm not really feeling that I'll I'll play around with different songs and and do the dance side of things more or work on technique on both sides or I I definitely do lose motivation, but I try to just jump into the pockets where I am feeling excited. So maybe just working on base work instead of, you know, getting getting up and on the pole sometimes. Um, Daniel Ray slash Bowles has asked, 
Oh, this isn't a question, actually. You're a pole idol to hundreds of fizzy polers. Who are my pole idols? Um, who were your inspirations when pole wasn't as big as it is now? So, yeah, Sergio, I sort of said that before. There was a much smaller um, group back then. There wasn't, there weren't really as many people in the industry. Obviously, it's grown a lot more, which is amazing. Um, some of you will remember Tristan Brincotter. She is she is also pregnant at the moment, so there's something in the water. Um, yeah, but she really she's in Melbourne and she's just she pushes me and she's amazing to train with. She's one of the strongest people you'll ever meet, and nothing is impossible. We'll say, oh, you know, what about this? And she's like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so. I love her. She's um, She was there right at the beginning and has sort of seen the whole industry evolve, so really love her for that as well. Rianne Elizabeth asks, where do you start out your inspiration for a routine? Is it the song you pick first and start telling a story? It is much easier to choose your song first, 100%, because the music tells you what to do. If you listen, and I'm I'm very um, picky with when I'm trying to scout a song, I'm waiting to see if the song speaks to me and pretty much tells me the story anyway. Otherwise, I'm going to have, like, I'm going to have to work my ass off to try to tell this story if the music's not helping me along at all. So definitely starting with the song first. So I like to jump into what I call the rabbit hole on Spotify or on your iTunes music, whichever. Um, and I go, I find sort of one song or an artist or a vibe or something that I, I know it's along the lines of what I'm looking for. And then I go to that song radio. So for Spotify, there's like three dots and you can click on that and you can go, go to song radio and Spotify will choose all of the songs and put them into a radio station that is similar to that. Then I do it again. So out of that radio station, I'll find one that's even closer to what I'm looking for. Then I'll go into that one and then I'll look through that and then I'll go into another one and then another one. So I keep going down the rabbit hole till I find artists and songs and stuff like that I've never even heard of. And it's really, really good way to find new music that is kind of what you're looking for, but something different. Um, covers are also a really nice way to do a song that you may like that might be overplayed on the radio. So look into different types of covers. Madeline Bailey is a really good cover artist. She's beautiful. Um, okay. Marcia Johns, she says, how do you get more dancey? Is it purely something you're born with or can you learn to suit up and let go? I don't know if she meant suit up. Anyway, um, yes, you can get more dancey and I go in and out of being more dancey and being less dancey. It's pretty much like a muscle. The more you use it, the better you get at it. So just get into the studio or listen to music more often, listen to what's going on inside the song, like listen to the beats, listen to the way that it, it moves you and just try to move your body in the way that the song sounds to you. You could be brushing your teeth while doing this. Like it doesn't have to be a full choreographed thing. Um, and don't be afraid to look silly and make mistakes. I swear, if you guys saw me choreographing a routine the first 
the first time I'm trying to put it together, you'd just be like, holy hell, this woman's got no idea what she's doing. But I'm not afraid to look silly and I'll I'll do something and straight away I'm like, no, that's not right. No, that's not right. No, that's not right. Oh, that one's not bad. Maybe I can adapt. Okay. And then I'll come up with a very rough draft and then I make it better, make it better, make it better, make it better. So that's more of a strategic, I suppose, putting together a routine choreography wise. But as far as dancing and becoming more dancey, you can absolutely do it. You are born with it, but everyone is born with it. You have a rhythm and it's inside your chest and it beats to the rhythm every second of the day. You just sort of forget about that once you stop becoming, stop being a kid and you become an adult. So listen, yeah, you'll, you will get better at it. Just listen to the music and try to let your body move in that way. Um, next question is from Deborah. Again, she asked you. She said, how do you fit everything in being a mother of three? Um, can I add this question to the list for myself? Because I don't know. <laughs> um, I really don't know. I just try to, I suppose I don't have a set schedule of when I'm working. I'm, I just have opportunities where, okay, they're both asleep. Now I'll try and do this. And Sam, my partner, he's, you know, really supportive. So He's also training for stuff. He knows that I need to try to train as well. So he'll, you know, look after the boys and Riley to allow me time to go and do that. We work well together as a team, which is probably one of the biggest things. But making sure I have a to-do list and prioritizing what is really important and then just trying to get through those things, like setting the tasks for the day and not procrastinating. And, and I don't, I, I definitely do not procrastinate because I don't have the time. Like if the, if the boys are quiet and they're watching the TV for a minute and I have to return a phone call, I'm going to do it. And that includes, you know, like this morning, I need to return a call to my sister. She tried to ring me last night. (laughs) I need to ring her. Um, so I just, yeah, I keep in the front of my mind what needs to be done And I try to make sure that I'm also prioritizing myself. So this is something I think all mums will relate to. But you sort of put yourself further and further down the list and then eventually you're not getting looked after at all because you're putting everything and everyone else first. But yeah, with the the performances that I'm doing at the moment, I, I don't really have a choice. If I want to look good on stage, I have to train. I have to, you know, go in and work on the routine. So it's sort of forcing me to take that time to be focused on something other than being a mum or a business owner. And actually, I find it really difficult to jump between business owner or like that business mindset into the creative choreography mindset. Um, it's sort of, it's sort of like a, a, an off and on switch. I can't do one and then the other. Like I wouldn't be able to, if I'm having a break in the studio, look at anything numbers related. Like I, I need to be in the creative mindset and then tomorrow I can switch on to the other one. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Jem Dyer asks, what is it like being friends with Jem Dyer? Uh, it's pretty awful. I have to be honest. She's not really a very good friend. Haven't heard from her in a few days. Don't even know if I'm going to see her at the gala. Although I think that I will because her and Robin will surely have a dress off or maybe that's happening at Ignite. 
maybe not the gala. They might be, you know, because we're supporting White Ribbon, they might be um, at a truce <laughs> and then the, the gloves will be off for the gar- uh, for the for Ignite. <laughs> um, yeah, just going to skip over that question there, Jen. <laughs> question from Mel. Elaborate on Wednesday, oh, the um, podcast the week before last, which would have been about Ignite, particularly on how finals competitors will be selected. So as you heard me say in that podcast, we um, unfortunately, because we have so many, well, luckily because we have so many studios now, but unfortunately we don't have sort of enough time to run 17 spots in every division. So what we're going to do is take the scores from all of the competitors across all of the heats in those divisions and work out which um, competitors will go through to the finals. So if, say, first, second and third at one of the heats are just absolutely phenomenal and they score really highly, that the three of them might go through and just possibly, you know, first place from one of the other studios where the second and third places scores were lower than the other. So it'll be based more on the scoring um, rather than the placings. We wanted it to be sort of fair across the board as if everyone is in the same competition because essentially you are. Next question is from Leanne O'Toole. She says, hi, Christy, thank you for Fizzy Poll. You're very welcome. (laughs) When you chose the name did you know then that it would change people's perception to see pole as a sport and that women, not excluding men, would be able to feel empowered? Um, when I chose the name, I did want to have um, a, an association with physical activity, which is I liked the name Fizzy Pole because I thought it sounded like physical and yeah, back then, 10 years ago, pole was definitely viewed in a bit of a different way. And I think it did change people's perception. But no, I didn't expect that that was what was going to happen. I just I just knew the type of um, environment that I was trying to create. And I wanted it to feel like a fun um, alternative to the gym, which is obviously physical. And, and then it's rather than being... I don't know, like a a bit more of a sexy name. It was, I think it's more inviting just to everybody and anybody who wants to give it a go, men or, and or women. So yeah, no, didn't think it at the time, but very happy with the result. (laughs) Okay. Next question is from Michelle Farnell. Uh, How far into your pole journey did you decide you were going to open your own studio. What is next for Fizzy Pole and what are your own goals for your own pole journey? So I was doing pole for two years before I decided to start teaching, which was kind of an easy transition for me, I suppose, because I was already teaching dance. So it wasn't that much of a leap. It was just more of the setup. Um, what is next for Fizzy Pole? We will keep expanding. Um, international studios are on the cards, but at the moment, because the babies are so little, I'm trying to just put the brakes on that a little bit until they're just that bit older because I, I 
if we do it, I want to do it properly and I want to be able to be there, especially in the initial stages. And I just wouldn't be able to do that at the moment. As far as my own pole journey, I am, if you listen to last week's episode, I'm working on some top secret projects, which is really exciting. <clears throat> you will, uh, you will know what they are very soon, I promise. And it's been really good to sort of kick me back into training and putting together performances, which is really nice. So I've done, um, I've done one already working on the second one and possibly a third for this year. So really excited about that. And it is keeping me motivated and, um, focused on my own training too, which is really nice. Lauren May, how did you know your franchisees were the right people to keep growing fizzy pole? Am I psychic? <laughs> no, I'm definitely not psychic. I'm just really, really lucky with the team that we have right now. Every single one of them is so motivated and passionate about fizzy pole. I'm literally, they, they are the heartbeat. Like the, it's become so much more than just one person. It's so much more than just me now it's all of you guys listening it's all of your instructors and especially all of the studio owners so the franchisees I just love them <laughs> okay next question is from David he says as a lazy entrepreneurial type in brackets interested in the topic but not actively doing it close bracket I would be extremely interested in the whole process where it started, what inspired you to not only expand but to franchise the brand, unseen hurdles and legal proceedings, etc. <laughs> Could probably do a whole episode on all of those. Um, but basically, uh, where it started, I've sort of covered that. What inspired me to not only exp okay to expand it, it was more the thought that I realized that what we were doing was something really special and really good. And I wanted to be able to bring that to more people. Franchising allows you to do that without physically having to be in so many locations. And because I was already running between Warrnambool, Ballarat and Melbourne, where I was living, I really sort of saw the benefits in having more people to be a part of it, to do the same thing, but me not necessarily having to be there. So that's that's sort of what inspired me to go along the lines of franchising. Um, unseen hurdles, everything. <laughs> I suppose it's the same as um, any business starting up, but then you've got that added layer because of franchising. And I suppose keeping the brand quality across distances is very, very tricky. Some franchise brands that are still quite small and within, I suppose, driving distance of each other, it's much easier to keep um, brand compliance because you can physically have one person being at all of the locations to check everything. But when it's so spread out like we are now, I had to make the decision quite a few years back to invest in um, in an online platform that is pretty amazing that would allow us to all be able to do things in the same way at the same time and with the same mission. So that was a huge learning curve because it was, it was so much bigger than anything that I'd ever done. 
you know, when I started Physipol, the syllabus was in my head. I did not have an operations manual. I did not have a team member handbook. Um, there's so many things that, you know, we've, we've got there now that weren't existing. So everything, everything was a hurdle, you know, systemizing something that's in your head that you've been doing for so many years and getting that out onto paper. It literally took a couple of years to do it. So, yeah. Um, and then I suppose legal stuff, there's, <laughs> I think the first time I ever got sent something legal, I rang my lawyer. I'm like, I don't understand this at all. Like what are terms? And the terms are literally where it says what the word is and what the terminology, like the understanding of that word is like the definition. Um, so yeah, <laughs> that was a learning experience. And over the years, I've gotten much better at it and I can read legal documents a little bit better. I still wouldn't say that I'm great, but, you know, getting there. Um, all right, Jessie Wog Girl says, when you started putting the syllabus together, were the tricks stuff that you learned off someone in the years or also made up by yourself? When did you start pole dancing? Where did you learn? Did you used to go to a studio? Was it online, overseas? I imagine Instagram was just at the start to learn tricks off a video by yourself, but I know you're Christy Sellers, so anything is possible. Well, Instagram wasn't around back then. Um, yeah, a lot of the stuff that we used to do was kind of made up by us. I suppose people were doing it already overseas, but there was no way of knowing that because really the only platform was YouTube and not a whole lot of people were uploading stuff onto YouTube. So some of it was what I had already learnt. Some of it was from what I saw on YouTube. Other stuff was from, you know, jamming with Tristan and Fontaine and I used to catch up quite a bit as well. And we'd be like, Oh, what about this? And I remember we, we did a flag position and swung the leg up to a brass monkey, which is just basically a flag entry into a brass monkey now but back then no one was doing it and Fontaine and I named it the funky monkey and I'm actually going to remind her about that because I bet you she doesn't remember and <laughs> she's just that'll blow my mind yeah but we did we made up a lot of moves and it was a really exciting time because it was right at the beginning and there there weren't a whole lot of new things going around and mainly you just saw them on stage once a year when Miss Pole was happening and you you saw the new moves and you bought the DVD and then you went and practiced them for a year and then you come back and you get more moves the next year on the next DVD. <laughs> um, so yeah, that answers that. Overseas, not really overseas. There weren't really any pole events happening back then. It was all just local. And yeah, like I said, Instagram wasn't around. So there you go. Um, I think that answers all of the questions that that everyone has asked. There were a couple there that I didn't answer because they were double ups. So thank you everyone who did ask questions. I hope you've enjoyed hanging out with me today. It's been fun to go through and um, talk about some different topics and please send me a message um, on Facebook or even just email me, christy at fizzypolestudios.com.au. Uh, if you've got any ideas for podcast topics, because this podcast is for you guys. We, I sit here, I make these episodes for you. You know, obviously it's free. We want you to be informed and get information and hear everything that's happening and add more value to, you know, you being part of the Fizzy Poll community. So 
thank you very much for joining. And I am really hoping that I see you guys at the gala this weekend. But if not, I will be here with you next week on the podcast. See you later. Let's get physical, physical.